0: Title of the talk. (laughs) Either, (laughs) for those listening, that was a a joke that happened before the break. Um, What what lineage will you choose, or choosing your lineage? Last week, I talked about uh, how we are so um, so often um, preoccupied by what others think about us. Remember that one? I do remember the talk. What What do they really think about me? Um, and it. Um, it kind of got me thinking about how um some people are uh, and that's a pretty common thought too uh for for most everybody to have but some people are um truly that is their their main thought in <laughs> as they go through life uh so um preoccupied by um others judgments of them and somehow uh, often not feeling enough whether there's self-judgment self-criticism or uh, not feeling good enough in some way and some people aren't some people you know miraculously feel pretty good about themselves or okay about life, okay about just uh, being alive, not only okay, but grateful, and uh, um, have somehow uh, learned to share their love really in a beautiful way. And some people, that's been not just what they've learned later on, but their um, either their temperament such that that would come easily or they um were raised in an environment that supported that <clears throat> i've i've mentioned here and in the in the joy course that um your your natural being is that of of appreciation and wonder and love, and that, as a uh, baby, if you are fed and diapered and given a little bit of love, you know that your your natural expression is one of delight, often not only but that is a an inherent part of who we are and also mention that in the um uh, an adult, if you put an adult in a an fmRI machine. And that adult doesn't have stress, doesn't have uh, physical or mental stress, and is at ease, then their natural expression is conscious, calm, creative, caring, and content. That's who we innately are, but as we know things get in the way, and block that, obscure that. What things get in the way? Well, so often we're shaped by the way we have been raised, by uh, influence of uh, parents, of course, teachers, friends, and what we've taken in in our um, developing as a human being has a huge influence in how we perceive the world and how we act in the world, and also how we perceive ourselves and how we act towards ourselves. <clears throat> I love uh, this line that I, I've mentioned here from time to time of Albert Einstein's uh, who, who said um, perhaps the most important question a human being can ask him or herself is, is the universe friendly or not? It's, I think, a really brilliant statement as Einstein was a pretty brilliant guy um, and has so much uh, wisdom coming out of him besides the, the brilliant uh, mathematician and, and phys- physics um, um, genius that he was. But is the universe friendly or not? Such a key perspective that affects how we relate to everyone and everything around us, and ourselves as well. And that question, or our reality in uh, response to that question, is largely determined by outside forces and events, of course, that um, something happens to us and it has a deep impact. It's just part of our Curriculum in this life and of course there's also not just the outside forces but our uh, our innate our temperament you know the whole uh, nature and nurture uh, issue and they both obviously uh, contribute to who we are but I would guess as I was reflecting on this and I tried to see if I could look up any studies but So this is just a a hypothetical um, guess. I would guess if identical twins were separated at birth and one put in a home with a lot of love and one put in a home with a lot of anger and fear and uh, mean-spiritedness, you could probably tell... Which was which mm-hmm. and of, co- of course besides there's cultural influences as well you know each uh, even each city in, in in our country has its own personality. I sometimes have thought of uh, one way to understand the this is a little bit diversion, but my mind is going here, so I'll share this with you uh, that you could tell um, uh, you could get a sense of the whole concept of not self of the selfless nature that there's you can't pinpoint any place in here that's 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 fixed and uh, and solid uh, An analogy is uh, looking at different cities that somehow, somebody from San Francisco has a different, um, or the city of San Francisco, not somebody from, but the city of San Francisco has a different feeling in it than um, if you're in uh, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, or that Los Angeles has a different feeling from the Bay Area, or New York, or uh, Miami. Each city has its own kind of personality, and yet can you point to what makes, what goes into San Francisco-ness, besides the, the hills, you know, or LA-ness, or New Yorkness, it's like, yeah, there's a pattern there. You can feel there's something, something there, but you can't point to any one thing and say, oh, that's it. It's just a kind of coming together of lots of different uh, factors. Okay, but I digress. Um, coming back to cultural influence, um, our different countries have different cultural Expressions and I was remembering uh, Jack Cornfield when he first started teaching in Europe. He he talked about this one retreat that had that had um, retreatants yogis from all different uh, countries, and he said it was quite remarkable. uh, Without being over generalizing or over stereotyping, he could see the the Brits would come in, you know, very reserved, very polite in their reporting, and the Italians would come in and say, "You won't believe the meditation I had now, oh, amazing!" You know, and the Germans would come in wanting to do it right and get all the answers. You know, and the French would come in and say. Eh, who cares? You know, very nonchalant and all, and uh, it was just really, you know, striking the the, the personalities that the cultures um, can uh, can imbue someone with. And I was thinking as I was getting these thoughts together, um, a book by um, Alice Miller, who is a, a really brilliant. Uh, psychologist. She wrote Drama of the Gifted Child, and uh, there was one book that she wrote, For Your Own Good, where she talked about the um, child rearing in Germany, and um, how it affected a generation or generations of of young people that were just kind of, that was the way it was done, and uh, she could She looked at um, Adolf Hitler's life and the abuse that he had growing up, and you can kind of see see seeds of that kind of expression. (coughs) And of course, this is overgeneralizing. You can't say this is true about everybody from from one culture, so uh, forgive me if it, if it seems uh, a bit oversimplistic, but there is something to certainly cultural influence. And when I was um, thinking about the influences that we have, and particularly from our parents, and then our parents' parents, and back generations, our ancestry, that something gets passed on, for good or uh, or or not. Some beautiful qualities get passed on, and some um, some other traits get passed on. Uh, a number of years ago, I was walking in the halls of. U.C. Berkeley, here and uh, there was a a poster. I write about this in Awakening Joy. Uh, it it just was. It stopped me in my tracks. There was a poster of a a very sad child, uh, a boy, and the uh, the uh, caption read actually. So on the bottom part of the the poster, it said um, a child. Raised or uh, brought up uh, in a home with domestic violence is seven hundred times more likely to experience domestic violence in their adult life than uh, than one who's not. That just thinking about that and. When I thought about that and thought of this is how something gets passed on and gets passed on, who's to blame in that? Who can you point to and say, oh, gee, they shouldn't have been the way they were when that's what they were raised with and that's what gets passed on? Not always, but often, who's to blame? And I had an experience uh, of this in my, own, uh, in my own practice. A number of years ago, I was sitting a retreat. It was at the Forest Refuge, right near the, right next to the retreat center in Barry, Massachusetts. It was just opening. This is in uh, 2003. And I sat for a few weeks there. And um, I'll never forget, there was this one afternoon where I was sitting in my room and I was, oh, thinking about all of my neuroses that I'd somehow been working with my my life. And um, then thinking about my family which and I came from a a good family lots there was you know a lot of love in my family but there was also a lot of anger and a lot of uh, a lot of arguments even though there was love that was often how my parents who were crazy about each other uh, that's often how they had their intimate connections <laughs> not always but it wasn't uncommon that I'd close the, the door of my room to shut out the yelling or you know, imagine that the, the neighbors could hear, actually not just imagine. And, um, and then I thought, well, I started to see, gee, why, why were they, as much as they loved each other, why were they the way they were? And then I thought of their families, and i didn't know my my dad's grandparents they they passed away when I was young, but my my mom's grandpa- my, my mom's parents, i should say um, uh, my grandparents on my maternal side, uh, I knew well, and again, very loving in many respects, and they had their own stuff, and all four grandparents had come from. Uh, Russia and Ukraine uh, leaving the pogroms at the uh, the early uh, part of the 20th century, and just imagining what they went through and the the generations before and generations before, and um, I could see the fear that I would have and insecurities that I would have. Um, how understandable, just given that history, and looking back over the generations, there was this one moment I had this scene in my mind, which has been with me all these years, of generations, generations, my parents, their parents, and back and back and back. If you ever saw the, the movie... Goodbye, Mr. Chips, the original, Mr. the original movie. At the very end, you see Mr. Chips and all the students from generations and generations who, who knew him getting, that's uh, a tearjerker, um, just seeing, it was that, that picture of generations of ancestors just passing on some beautiful traits, and some um, confused traits, and over this picture, the words on a like a, a big banner came from a book that was written by um, Trungpa Rinpoche. The title of the book was "Dharma's Without Blame." I love that title. It's a thin little book. Really good. Good book, and the title said it all, just dharmas without blame. And in that moment, as I was getting a sense of the ancestry, both the beauty of it and the confusion in it, I saw everybody just doing the best they could, Wanting to be happy, wanting to be loved, wanting to love, and also perpetuating pain um, through their own confusion. And when I saw that, there was this great relief. It was a very uh, amazing moment. It was this deep relief. Uh, kind of letting go of being a victim, letting go of any kind of resentment that I was unconsciously harboring, and this deep compassion instead uh, that was just welling up for everybody in the picture, including me, a deep conf- compassion and forgiveness forgiving my parents and their parents and ancestors uh, for the ways that I was treated and the way I held my own anger, deep compassion and forgiveness for me. And it it turned into just this immense um, relief and gratitude for all the goodness that I did receive through that passing down of all these traits. And in that moment, when I had that relief, and that gratitude, and that compassion, I, um, I deepened my commitment to not pass on the unconscious habits that I was now able to, to see my parents and their parents didn't have tools that I was getting, didn't have practices and ways of seeing. I was just so amazingly blessed and fortunate that I could see another way, could kind of step outside and see that big picture. And that so there was this real commitment to not perpetuate the ignorance as much as I could, and to pass on all the good qualities that I did receive, because I received a lot. But as I thought about it also, about how fortunate I had been to be uh, exposed to other ways of seeing things, I saw, besides that lineage, Uh, I saw that I was amazingly fortunate to enter another lineage, that I had another lineage that started, for me anyway, um, in the 60s, as many people my age started to wake up to things a little bit different. 50s, for those who were who've been born in the last few decades. 50s were very different from the 60s, and I'm sure everybody knows that, whether or not you were born more recently. But for me, and for so many people going through Kennedy's assassination, the Vietnam War, the Beatles, who were as much a part of my lineage as the Buddha, um, and um, the consciousness expansion of the 60s, there was a counterculture, there was a new way of seeing things. Uh, in my, uh, When I was growing up, the expression was, and I'm sure everybody my age can remember it, don't trust anybody over 30. You remember that one? Don't trust anybody over thirty. And there we had our own kind of in-support group <clears throat> until you turned thirty. Then you were <laughs> then you were in trouble. You know, bye. You know, <laughs> and somehow being born at that time, um, so many of us, and particularly. Uh, um, like me, who were exposed to then some um, spiritual consciousness, um, particularly as I've mentioned many times, uh, be here now was the big shift going from oh, there's different ways to to change your consciousness, and it, like many people, it led me to the spiritual path and to um, go to um, see um, go to Naropa. Uh, Institute that first summer in 1974 when Joseph and and Jack had just come come back to the country uh, and started to teach. And when I thought about it, all of this, wow, how amazing the good karma to somehow, when one is exposed to another way of seeing things, and if you're not exposed to it, no blame, no, nothing wrong, you just weren't exposed. But when you are exposed to the Dharma, this is an amazing blessing. In the, uh, in the Mangala Sutta, the, the Blessing Sutta, um, there are a few lines in there. It says uh, something like, to hear the Dharma, at the right time, this is a blessing supreme. And then the next verse says something along the lines of to be able to practice the Dharma at the right time. This is a blessing supreme. And when I think of just the amazing good karma, not only to be born human, which is quite an extraordinarily good uh, karmic um, occurrence to hear and practice the Dharma, then you have a chance of going to a new way of thinking and you're entering another kind of lineage. Not that that first one whatever your upbringing uh, was wrong or wasn't good enough, um, it was all part of your curriculum. And when I look at my own life, going through what I went through as a child and having a lot of fear growing up, and a lot of insecurity, that's been, I wouldn't change it now for anything because that's deepened my compassion and has uh, enables me to be there for other people who are in fear and terror and self-judgment and all of those things. So it's not that there have been mistakes or you want to reject what's happened, but that you can consciously commit to developing all of the beautiful aspects of the lineage that you've been uh, that you've entered into or received, um, no matter what anybody says, you've touched the truth. I've mentioned it here before. When I first got into practice, my parents were completely freaked out. You know what is he up to? A three month retreat? You know? Oh my God, you know. And as I've said here before, the second time they said, Didn't you get it the last time? <laughs> yeah. But I was so clear, even if my parents thought I was crazy. And I wanted to take all the good from my earlier lineage, which included um my dad had an amazing heart he could really love. And my mom, in her own way, had a beautiful heart which really flowered towards the end of, of her life, um, but in her own way so responsible and, uh, and, and, and caring. and There was good there, but I took the best of that. But I realized I had joined a new lineage, And in the Buddhist, uh, in the Pali um, uh, teachings, actually in the Visuddhimaga, the Path of Purification, as it talks about the different, um, the progress of insight, at some point, just before one is fully awakened, full not fully awakened, but uh, the first, uh, the first stage of enlightenment and this happens on each of the the stages, there is what's called a change of lineage. Actually, no, this is just on the first stage, because once you're in that change of lineage, then you're in the new lineage. And it's called experiencing change of lineage. The the, the, uh, corollary, the analogy to that is someone who is born again, and you, I really respect when somebody has been born again, whether it's uh, in Christian tradition or whatever the uh, the spiritual tradition, when one sees the light and at that point you're not beholden to your limited idea of who you are or who you were, and that you are committed to facing in the right direction and you have what in the teachings is called a clear comprehension of purpose where you are holding a vision of what you want to dedicate your life to and bring about in your, uh, in your life. That Clarity of decision means that you're letting go of the could have, should have, if only's and see, wow, everything has led me to this point in my life. It's all been part of, of my process and now I literally see the light and I'm going for it. Think of all the people in this world who get into that thought and um, self-pitying, oh, this happened to me, and so I can never be, and you can fill in the blank. Or um, too bad I've, I'm damaged goods, or whatever it is, when there's so many possibilities, if one can only just see, you're facing in the right direction, and you have a choice here how to continue leading your life. So I thought what I would do, what I wanted to do, was um, to guide you through a little bit of a, of a process of... Connecting with your lineage, whatever that is, and this is a, a kind of variation that I that I like of the classical uh, loving kindness meditation, where the category of benefactor is uh, is a real powerful evoking of a loving heart. The benefactor is somebody who you have uh, benefited from who you're grateful for, who's enriched your life, and who, um, um, who you feel, yeah, just who you feel gratitude for. So uh, just looking at this in terms of lineage, uh, I'd like you to um, close your eyes for a moment. And first bring to mind one benefactor... And it might be, it might be a relative, it might be your mother or a father or a grandmother or whoever. It might be a teacher. It might be um, some inspiration. Just somebody who showed you about goodness in life, or who woke you up to a wise way of seeing things. And as you can get in touch with your gratitude, whatever gratitude, just first feel that connection of what passed from that person to you. And now, just um, imagine unless you know, the benefactor or benefactors of that person. Just passing on kindness and goodness. And then just imagine going back generations and seeing over time, that goodness, that caring, that wisdom that just passed from one generation to another and to another, all the way to your benefactor, and then from your benefactor to you. And now, bring to mind another benefactor, someone else. Maybe a teacher, when you were younger or more recently, or maybe another relative, as somebody who has enriched your life. Whether or not you even have met them in person, sometimes those are powerful benefactors, too, and feel your gratitude to them. Feel what you received from them. And once again, get a sense of their benefactors, their teachers, their guides, their supports. And then let your imagination go back generations. So you can sense the passing on of all of that goodness and love and wisdom through so many down to this benefactor and then to you. Now you can allow a few more benefactors, inspirations, all the people who've enriched your life, who are rooting for you, who are supports for you, and just get a sense of the generations of goodness that were passed on to all of these beings and then to you. so much goodness flowing from one generation to another all the way through to you. And now For a moment as you reflect on how much you've received from so many different beings, all of that energy passed on, that has come through to you, that didn't belong to any one person, just passed on, just good energy passed on. Just wisdom and love and caring passed on, and there it is embodied in you how it can't help but be passed on. Think of all the people in your life who receive your own goodness, your own caring your own kindness. Maybe friends, maybe younger people, maybe people you know well, maybe people you don't know so well, but just passing on through you to them. And then through them, rippling out to others. And down through generations yet to come. And more generations to follow. And tapping into this lineage of kindness and caring and understanding that you've both received and passes through you and passing on. Not belonging to anyone and yet belonging to everyone. And if we can stay connected to this aspect of our life, how much we've received without dwelling on what could have been or might have been, but not missing all the blessings that have come down through so many to us and that we can pass on What a noble lineage that you're part of. And in that way, life is using you very well, the more you can be connected. with this blessing, all these blessings. You're a conduit for something quite beautiful and noble. And you can choose that this is your lineage. and celebrate it and radiate it. So, maybe we can uh, take some time if anything might have come up from that, mm-hmm. and um, or any question. Mm-hmm. Here we can. Uh. The point I wanted to make just uh, before. If to see if there's anything uh, on people's minds, is that um, we can tell ourselves any story about our life, you know, and we usually will believe the story that we tell, um, especially if we keep on repeating it. I was just reading um, a, a, an article that uh, said that we are we very rarely accurately remember the past. This is a study I was looking at. It's phenomenal how our memory keeps on reinventing. Um, and uh, when we have an idea, this is what happened. You know, you ever... Somebody asks you about your life and you press the button and tell that story. You know, And then it just becomes a story. But who knows how accurate it is, why not tell a beautiful story about your life? You know? Why not, or not only the story of what happened, why not hold a beautiful story that everything has led you to this, this blessed moment in your life where you're facing in the right direction. So that's where I'm Asking, what lineage will you choose?
1: Yes. Um. Sorry. I think one thing that comes to my mind is um, well, since I'm a teacher with kids, (laughs) I always look at things um, Mm -hmm. from the children's. Um, spirit. Yes. So one thing that I thought of is uh, an image of children making beading at their necklace. Mm. And um, from our experience, all our experiences in life, we could choose to look at it as uh, a bead. You could um, say this is a beautiful bead and I can put it in my necklace or it's just a bead, I'm gonna put it down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, so in a way, I think we can choose to make our own necklaces and mm-hmm. different necklaces. And um, I'm, I'm trying to put in an angle mm-hmm. to what you're saying in, mm-hmm. in terms of lineage. Yes,
0: yes. And the necklace can, can have all aspects to it. You know, can can have sadnesses because that's part of life, and it can have joys, and it can have um, events that shake us up or wake us up. But they all go into making a, a beautiful necklace if you see it as a beautiful necklace. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else? Thanks, Andrew.
2: My name's Michael. I, um, the first person that I thought of when you were talking about a benefactor was my, my mom and, and her you know, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was... It felt good. Uh, and then when you instructed us to think of a second benefactor... I thought of my sixth grade teacher and a mm-hmm. specific time when he gave me he mm-hmm. gave me the diction or the encyclopedia of Tolkien mm-hmm. and uh, you know all the different characters and languages and and uh, and I started to you know tear up and how meaningful that was to me because it was so such a big part of my life at that time you know discovering that world mm-hmm. and um, so just like the simple gesture mm-hmm. of recognizing that I was into that and. Giving me something that I didn't know existed, <laughs> but was excited about, and and how you know clear that moment is in my in my brain after all these years. So just little acts of love and kindness, um, and how much of a big difference that makes in in my world where I can feel so alone so much of the time, mm. and uh, th- I tell myself the story that I'm alone, and I. And to believe that story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then when I look at the reality, you know, it's anything but.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And and what you're saying is so um, so important that the little acts that we do, it's just the that's the currency of our caring. And you have no idea the impact. Just really being there for somebody, and it might be something you you hardly remember, or maybe don't remember at all. But for them, oh, that person was there for me. Thirty years later, yeah, for me. And I was—I remember my sixth grade teacher. Same, and I was a sixth grade teacher too. And uh, sometimes. Some uh, a a, a former student reaches me, you know, "Are you Mr. Barris?" You know, and you know it's like we don't know the the effect that we have. What a beautiful way to live your life—to just um, share your love. Thank you. Anything else? Going once. Oh. So, just um, a note about when I, I was a kid, uh, I was given um, a book of Aesop's fables, mm. and the, every story was so touching and heartfelt, <laughs> and, and ha- having justice and compassion, and so that was part of what I um, grew up with. Mm. Who? And do you remember who gave it to you? Um, I don't. I, I somehow it got into the house and I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Yeah. But there it was. Opened your mind to yeah. a whole other way of seeing oh, life has its lessons. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Okay. So um, I would encourage you this week to. Um, get in touch with your lineage, that, which is another way of saying, getting in touch with all the blessings that you've received. And when your mind goes to, oh, woe is me, or, oh, why is this happening, or like that, you don't have to live there. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that you live in denial, you know actually uh right now in the in the joy course we're looking at opening up to the difficult uh as as part of this path of of happiness and well-being you feel your pain and you feel your grieving and you feel your losses fully i'm not saying to uh to pretend they're not there that's part of life but they don't have to define you that's That's the important point. They don't have to define you. They can be held in a much bigger story, the story of your life. And it can either be a melodrama or it can be a a feature picture that is just, you know, five stars. Wow, pretty amazing life and don't miss it. So we'll just close with a short loving kindness. And uh, you might stay connected to that whole idea of lineage, maybe that might have come up through the the meditation. All the people that have passed on goodness to you through generations and right through you and all the people and living beings that you can pass that on and which will pass through them as well to others. Just send some kind thoughts to yourself. May I appreciate all the blessings in my life. May I see through my confusion and share my love well. May I wake up to my true nature. May I be kind and loving towards myself and all beings. And then to send that out from your own heart and from this room to all beings everywhere. May all see through their confusion. May all open to all the goodness in their life. Share their love well and wake up to their true nature. And may our coming here together be of benefit and ripple out to all beings everywhere. May all beings know happiness and peace. Thank you very much. Have a good week. See you next week.
2: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.